Welcome to the Grow the Game podcast, hosted by your own Corbin King and Peyton Mattingly. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Coach Donnie Lind, who is an assistant coach at UNC Greensboro. He started his career off as a manager at Loyola, Maryland, moved to a GA at VCU, where he assisted in their Final Four run in 2011, and was at Mount St. Mary's and Radford before this. Coach Lind, we're really excited to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you guys? Doing Doing good. We're excited. So kind of talk about your coaching career uh, from your early days as a manager at Loyola, Maryland, up until now, assistant coach at USC Greensboro. Yeah, so uh, I uh, I went to Loyola, Maryland um, out of high school because they were literally the worst team in the country in Division One. I. I was being recruited as a Division Three player, and like a lot of us, I thought I could play Division One basketball. And uh, Loyola, the year before uh, my junior year of high school, when I was you know picking out a school, they went one in twenty seven, and I said to myself, "Well, shoot, if I can't play there, I can't play anywhere." Um, and uh, lo and behold, uh, I, I wasn't quite good enough. You know, I I had a, a couple days that I was up there with the team, but got hurt. And by the end of it, you know, it was, you know, hey, if you want to stick around, you can be a manager. And, uh, you know, what happened was basically uh, during my senior year of high school, a new coach came in and Coach Patsos came and basically retooled the roster and brought in, you know, way better players. And, you know, it wasn't going to work out for me. So uh, took him up on the offer to be a manager, although, you know, really did not have my heart in it at first uh just kind of went through the motions kind of felt sorry for myself that I wasn't playing you know was out there like thinking I was better than everybody else and I should you know this is this is below me and it took me about a year about so I started halfway through my I started beginning my sophomore year by the end of that year it started to change a little bit where my my mindset flipped on you know what I can do as a manager and at that time uh at Loyola, we only had a head coach and three assistants. And we didn't have a video guy. We didn't have a director of basketball ops. It was just uh, Coach Patsos and three assistants. Shoot, our, our SID did our travel back then. So it wasn't that long ago, you know, at least it doesn't seem like it to me. But uh, because, you know, after that first year or so, I, I kind of changed my mindset and just asked for more things to do and, you know, worked hard at it. They just kept giving me more and more stuff to do. And I kind of realized that this could kind of be a career for me, you know, if I, if I stuck with it Uh, and, you know, they were certainly happy to give me more and more work and more and more things to do. So uh, I was a manager for three years. I loved it. Um, You know, some of my best friends, you know, two of my best friends are the managers that I was with then. And we still talk all the time. Uh, One of them's in coaching, one of them's not, but, you know, still lifelong bond that we made there. And uh, the staff at, at Loyola really helped me, get my foot in the door uh, as a GA at VCU. Uh, and I was a, a GA at VCU and, you know, I had no idea the level of competition, the uh, what it took to even get those spots. You know, I just thought, hey, I'm a manager. I want to get started in this. And one of the assistants, you know, kind of hooked me up and, and got me, had a connection there and said, hey, yeah, I can try to uh, try to do it for you and see what I can do. Uh, during that time, my senior year in, in at Loyola, uh, I I didn't know you know how to get a, your first job. You know, I think a lot of us kind of go through that, like you know what do, what do we do now to to help us get a job? You know, I did a great job as a manager. I've done this for four years, three four years. What am I going to do to get that first job? And you know, I didn't know, uh, so I, I went with the only thing that I did know, and that was kind of like the brute force method. 
Uh, it's kind of got me through that far. And I just, I literally wrote a handwritten note and sent my resume to every division one team in the country. I knew I wanted to stay in division one. That's really all I knew at the time. I was super naive, super green to the business and, and anything about it. And so I think there were 348 division one teams then. And so I wrote 348 letters and, uh, and sent 348 resumes. I think I got about 25 no's uh, back and uh, I got two maybes and the rest I didn't hear from. And I still keep that stack of no's. I have it in, you know, in, in my next to my bed in my little uh, night table, uh, all those letters. And it, it's just kind of a reminder of, you know, what it took to get here, the man, the, the work, and also, you know, keeps you motivated to keep working and keep doing your thing. So, uh, one of those maybes was VCU and they were basically like, if you can get into grad school, we'll consider interviewing you. And that, to me, that was like, all right, I'm in, like, I got it. I got a job. You know, I, I took, after all those no's and all those people not hitting me back, it was like, okay, let's see what we can do here. And so I, uh, said I had a connection on our staff to the ops guy at, at VCU and he, uh, he kind of helped me get an interview. And from there, you know, I, I got fortunate enough to, to get a job and there were six GAs that we had there, you know, so I went from a staff that had nobody besides the assistants and the head coach to a staff with a ops guy, a video guy, and six GAs. And so really, I didn't realize how much of a different level it was going to be, but it was, it was really different. And just to learn uh, from such an unbelievable group of coaches, uh, you know, my, my first year there, all, all the assistants went on to be division one head coaches. Our ops guy that year is a high major assistant now. Uh, and you know, the, the thing that was really fun was kind of the camaraderie. It was, it was such a staff that everybody worked together. Everybody cared about each other, but we were all, you know, we were all super competitive. We all cared about winning and, and trying to do our best. And so, you know, we kind of worked as a group, but also in the back of your mind, back of my mind, you know, kind of figured out like, Hey, if a job opens at the end of this year, like they can't hire all six of us GAs. They can only hire one guy. And so, finding a way to, to show and compete with those guys without making it about me, you know, without, without distancing myself from those guys, because I've remained friends with, you know, all those GAs that we've had. And so uh, understanding that, you know, what we do here and, and we're always interviewing, especially, you know, when you're young and you're in a position that is, you know, a support staff role or a GA or a manager, you're always interviewing for your staff and for those coaches, because they're the ones who help you get a job. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough that after my first year, our video guy left and I got hired as a video coordinator at VCU and uh, was able to stay there for two more years. Uh, it was, you know, an unbelievable experience. We went to the final four in my first year. We won, game in the NCAA, won a game in the NCAA tournament each of the next two and worked with, you know, more guys. You know, every year there was turnover on staff as our assistants because all of our assistants kept getting head coaching jobs. And uh, in the time that I worked there, uh, what, three, four, five, six, seven of the guys went on to be head coaches, including Coach Smart, obviously. Um, so, you know, unbelievable group of guys to work with, really taught me a lot, uh, all taught me different things that have helped me along the way and, and have become, you know, kind of my network of people that I've been able to to work with and work for since, uh, since I left VCU. Uh, after uh, three years of VCU, uh, Coach Christian, Jamie and Christian, uh, was a head, got the head coaching job at Mount St. Mary's offered me a job to go right from video to assistant coach. And I'm so appreciative of that opportunity because, you know, A, I didn't have to be an ops guy, which isn't, you know, a little bit of an intimidating role still for me at this level. We currently don't have an ops guy here 
And so I've had to do some of that uh, this summer. And it's like, yeah, I definitely am glad I didn't have to do this full time. But it's a uh, um, was a great experience. You know, Coach Christian obviously saw something in me that I could do the job as an assistant and then was willing to teach me what it took to do the job. And, you know, we get, like I said, super appreciative of that because you just, uh, you know, now that I've been on this side of it, like that's a big leap and uh, a trust that he had in me and also me and him that he would teach me how to do the job the right way. And so I had a great success there, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and then after three years, Coach Jones uh, at Radford called me and, and said he had a job open and, uh, you know, move, move the family uh, down I, I-81 from, from Evansburg, Maryland, down to Radford, Virginia. And Coach Jones and Coach Christian both have worked at VCU. I'd worked with both of them. Uh, and, you know, when he offered me a job, I was super excited to, to move and learn something new and different. And even though it was all in the same, you know, family for whatever it is, like it was very different experience and uh, really enjoyed my time at, at Radford. Uh, five years, went to the NCAA tournament, won multiple regular season championships really learned a lot, um, got a lot of more, got a lot more responsibility when I got there, got to have a lot more autonomy in my job and just uh, got to try things and figure it out. And so I, uh, and then after five years, Coach Jones got the UNCG job. And, you know, in this business, I'm fortunate because I worked for a guy who, when he got a job, uh, he decided to bring everybody with him. You know, all of our assistants came and um, it was, you know, that's not the norm in this business. And, uh, you know, super fortunate, you know, this is one of the few businesses that we work in where uh, your, your boss can do a great job, you can do a great job. And the result of that can be that you're out of a job uh, because your boss goes to a new job and, and doesn't bring you with you with him. So, you know, it, I've been super fortunate to work with really, really good people, uh, learn a lot along the way and about a lot of things that have certainly helped as we've gone. And, and now we're here a year in at UNCG, uh, you know, a good first year, uh, but excited for what we can build. Uh, going forward. Yeah, so going back to GAing at VCU, a lot of people say you're not supposed to look ahead to the next job, but GAs, it's different. You only have two years, some even just one. So what were some ways that you were showing your staff that you deserve that job, but also staying into that one year and not just looking ahead? Yeah, I I've always been a person, I think, that has done a pretty good job of not, of just, just I don't know, I'm, I'm a positive guy. I kind of assume that the future is going to work out for me if I do a really good job at what I'm doing. Uh, but, you know, I think the way I separated myself at VCU was, it, you know, I worked really hard, but I think we all worked really hard. Uh, I, I refused to say no to anything. Uh, one of the things that I try to tell all the young people that that we work with is like, we live in, we are so lucky to live when we live right now. Like we have this in our pocket. Now this is my cell phone. You can't really see it with the camera blur, right? In my pocket every day has access to YouTube, has access to every, all the internet in my pocket. I can look up how to do anything. And so like, if, if there's something that I didn't know how to do, that didn't stop me from taking on that task and then figuring it out. Yeah, I fell on my, fa on my face trying to figure it out, but again, worked extremely hard, learned from my mistakes, learned from the failures and figured out a way to get it done. You know, I, I, if, if somebody offered, you know, gave me a responsibility, hey, can you make a mail out in Photoshop? I'd never done that before, but I said, sure. You know, I, I, yeah, I know how. You know, I kind of trusted myself that I'd be able to figure it out because again, there's so many resources around, so many things that are available uh, to, to do that. And so you know, I think that attitude of like, whatever the team needs, I'm just gonna say yes. Uh, was what separated me 
uh, from the group and, and helped me, you know, get that, get that job. You know, I, it was a video job. I had, I didn't have much video background before I got there, but again, I, I knew how to use a computer and figured out how to do it. You know, and, and I think that we, as a, as a society, not just basketball coaches, but, you know, we, we don't realize the power that we have around us and, and the wealth of information that we have around us for free that we can learn how to do things. And so, you know, don't take it for granted. Don't, you know, don't, don't just say, Oh, I don't know how to do it. I'll give it to somebody else. You know, if there's something that your staff needs to get done, or there's something that one of your assistants is like, man, I don't know how to do this, but I really wish we could, whatever. Like I was the guy who just said, yeah, I can do that. And then would stay up until two in the morning, like figuring out how to do it and and finding a way and then come back the next day. And here, here it is. It's not great, but it'll get the job done. You know, and then the next time you get a little better at it and better at it. And then, you, know, you you add value that way to your to your staff, and that's what that's what coaches are looking for. They want young guys that are going to add value, make make their jobs easier, and ultimately help their program run better. Yeah, I think finding a way to add value is such a, a key thing that young coaches have to focus on. Because like yourself, you've been at many different schools and you've worked with many different people, and everybody's different. Everybody wants things differently, sees things differently. So as you kind of went from manager, GA, video coordinator to on staff, how did you adjust and adapt as soon as you got to your new school and your new job? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, you know, I think you have to, I had to go in listening a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a, uh, I like to say I'm a recovering know-it-all. Like when I went from being a a manager to a GA at VCU, like I showed up there thinking I knew everything, right? Like, uh, you know, I had just been the best manager they'd ever had, in my opinion. And, you know, and like I was going to go there and I, was, and I knew how to do the job. And, and I quickly learned that I didn't know anything. Uh, I, I really learned how much I didn't know. And so uh, there's times that I still struggle with it, but trying to listen a lot and ask really good questions and then uh, learn uh, from the culture that exists in the program that you're going to. Because, you know, like you said, there is a way they want to do things. There's a way that um, that has been successful for them in the past. And there are going to be areas that you can help that program move forward. You know, there's areas that I knew that once I established myself and built credibility and built trust, I would be able to help this program. But if I walked in on day one and said, hey, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, you know, we need to do this, this, and this, like that's not going to, A, win yourself, you know, endear yourself to anybody. Nobody wants that guy in their organization. And, and B, you know, you're going to get started on the wrong foot and now you're fighting an uphill battle everywhere you go. And so for me, you know, it was hard as I was younger and I think I've gotten better at it, at it as I've gotten older, but, you know, we're here to serve the players. And if we don't spend our time, you know, when we get to a new job, trying to get to know them, trying to learn, you know, what makes them who they are as people and then helping them become the best players they can be. You know, we got to do that first. We got to understand, you know, Hey, how does this athletic department work? How does this head coach want to do things before we go in with guns blazing and say, Hey, you know, hey, I'm good at, you know, I'm good at video. I'm, you know, this, 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 and this is wrong with how you guys are doing video. Like you need to change it. Like that's not, you know, that attitude is going to, you know, it might work. It might be right, but you're, you're not right in how you present it. Yeah. So whenever you're at Mount St. Mary's, you were a big role in the separation seminar. Can you talk more about that and exactly yeah, what it was? Uh, yeah, so uh, Coach Christian uh, did a really good job of empowering uh, us as assistant coaches and, and allowing us to, to help run the program. And so, 
we, uh, you know, he wanted to do uh, culture building exercises and activities, uh, which we all do, right, as coaches. And so he, uh, we, we did what he called separation seminar, where we helped build out a model for the guys to help explain to each other and explain to um, everyone what our culture was and how we were going to uh, implement it. And so, uh, you know, one, you know, it was, it was usually in the, we would start in the summer and then into the fall heavy where we would have, you know, once a week we'd meet and, you know, yeah, uh, coach Wilkins and I, and, and coach Christian, you know, we certainly did the, did a lot of it, but the best part about it is that we were able to kind of let the players run the actual meetings. You know, we kind of structured it and, you know, a lot of times, you know, most years we'd have a book that they would read as a group and then our uh, older guys would get to present on it and we would have a meeting with them as a staff and kind of go through, Hey, what did you get out of this part? You know, Hey, what do you, how do you guys want to handle this? And then, and we stepped away and let them kind of do their thing. And it was great because it allowed uh, us to uh, take, take our hands off and allow our leaders to be leaders to, you know, it's their, it's their team. It's their program. Like they need to be the ones to, uh, to put their their footprints on it there and put their arms around it and say, hey, this is how we're going to be. And so you know, it was a, it's a fun activity. I think we've continued to do similar things at Radford and now UNCG. But one of the cool things about uh, when we did it at Mountain was a that you know, hey, we were able to build a structure. But b, this is going to be player run. This is be player led. Like let's let these guys, uh, you know, show each other what it means to live out this core value or whatnot. Yeah, I think it's very special, very special thing to do. And as an assistant coach, obviously building relationships with the players is very important. Can you kind of talk more about that, how you've learned to do that and gotten better at really building and investing in your players uh, at each school? Yeah, uh, you know, it is building relationships is certainly, uh, in my mind, it's why I do what I do. You know, I, I think wins and losses are fleeting. You know, you're going to, you're going to remember a lot of losses for a long time and, and the wins, you know, they, they leave quicker than you want them to. Uh, but the relationships that we build along the way is really what uh, allows this uh, be to, to be a career that, you know, you feel like you're accomplishing something and you feel like you're making an impact in people's lives. And, and, and you know, my, my goal, you know, is to do that. And so how can you do that if you don't have a real relationship? And, and having a real relationship, it's no different than, you know, what I talked about when you get a new job. It's like, you got to ask questions. You got to listen. You got to spend time and, uh, you know, really pick the brains of your players. Because at the end of the day, they're the, you know, it's, it's up to them to put the ball in the basket. You know, we don't get that. We don't get to do that. We, we don't get to score any baskets, get any assists, take any charges, as much fun as we let, they would be for us. You know, they have to do that. They get to do that. And so we get the job of, helping them do it through those relationships. And, you know, whether it's, you know, taking a kid to lunch, you know, or bringing them over to your house or, you know, just pulling them aside after practice or sitting in the locker room with them while they're messing around at the end of practice and just being a part of what they're doing in their lives, it allows the, the, their guard to come down. You know, at the end of the day, the, our players aren't going to have meaningful conversations with us if they don't trust us. They don't trust that they can be vulnerable with us. And so, you know, we do, you know, coach, coach Jones wants it to be the number one part of our job. Coach Christian was the same way. Uh, and we, we all got that from coach smart, you know, that our number one jobs, everyone in our program 
at the top of your job description is to, to build great relationships with the players. And you know, you, there's no secret formula. You know, there's no you know, magic bullet question you can ask your guys and all of a sudden he trusts you. You have to spend time. You've got to listen. And then you've got to be uh, impeccable with, with your word you know, and, and be great with, hey, if you say you're going to do something, then do it. You know, if you're going to, if something comes up and you can't do it, communicate, you know, because that's how, you know, we spend a lot of time building up trust with our guys and it can be gone in an instant. You know, if you lie, if you're not honest, if you, you know, say you're going to do one thing and do something else, if you, you know, someone tells you something in confidence and you break that confidence, all of a sudden, all that trust that you built up is gone. And, you know, it takes a high character individual to to live up to that. And, and we've all failed. I failed many times at that, but it's one of those things that, you know, we can try our best to, to keep doing better. And every year we get new guys here that we get a new opportunity to build those relationships. And hopefully they're ones that last for a lifetime, because that's, like I said, that's the most important part of this whole thing. Yeah. So since you were a big role in that separation seminar, obviously you were big in leadership. What are some things that you do every day just to build your leadership role? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would love to say I, you know, read and listen to podcasts every day and, and I try to, uh, but my routine is, especially this first year here has been a mess and I'm trying to get it back. Um, but just, you know, we ha you have to be a lifelong learner if you're going to be a leader, you know, you, you have to, to always be seeking out ways to grow um, seeking out mentors and people that you can learn from. Uh, and, and so that's what I try to do as best I can. Uh, it's certainly something that I want to be better at. And hopefully here in year two, I can, uh, have a little bit more routine and get a little bit more settled, but, you know, I, I want, I, in a perfect world, it's, you know, reading something, you know, every day and, and trying to, to grow that way, as well as putting my leadership to use every day. You know, I, I'm thankful that I'm in a position where I have a little bit of authority now, you know, and so it's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. But if you have that position and you just sit on, sit to the side and don't exercise it, well, that's just as bad as, as being a bad leader as if you're, you know, a leader who's just sitting there not working on it. So it, it's a it's a lifelong growth thing. And it's something that, you know, we try to I try to grow at and, and be better at it all the time. But you know, it's, I'm certainly far from perfect at, uh, at my, my, uh, plan and my methods when it comes to growing as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you learn a lot of leadership lessons from being a manager because manager, I mean, you're not, you're not at the very bottom, but I mean, you're not at the top when it comes to, you know, the, the death list of, of a basketball program. So you could see everything from above and observe a lot. Uh, so how else did being a student manager really shape your career and things that you learned from that time that you still use to this day? Yeah. I mean, I think it I think I was a manager before servant leader was like a buzzword, but that that's what, you know, if you're doing a good job as a manager, that's kind of what you are, right? Your job is, is to serve the program in any capacity necessary and, and understanding the program from starting at that level and working up. And, and because you have that level of understanding of what, goes into that role and how that role is, is vital to, a, to your organization. Now you can, can kind of build on that as you go. And, you know, I, I, I was fortunate again, that I had a lot of responsibility and I grew into a lot of responsibility as a manager, 
but being a manager helped me grow up as a kid. You know, I showed up to college and was young and I worked for a, uh, a head coach that was very uh, meticulous, that uh, was held everyone accountable in our program from, you know, the players to the other assistant coaches to the managers. You know, there were times that I was put on the line to run with the team as a manager. And, you know, it was like, uh, I could have like, you know, been salty about it. And maybe I was a little bit at the time, but like, I don't know, I was, I showed up in college and I was immature. I was young. I was like, like so many people, like I, I thought I was a man, but I wasn't a man yet. You know, I was a, I was still a boy in a lot of my actions and being a manager helped me grow up because I needed someone to hold me accountable to uh, help me see what I, my potential was. And then when I, when they saw it in me, then holding me to that standard, because that's what it was. I, I remember uh, my first year as a manager, I was uh, on the bus and this was before your guys' time, but uh, the, all the guys on the team were wearing these slippers that looked like basketball shoes, but like they were like oversized Jordan slippers. And they weren't made by Nike. They were like knockoff, right? But all the guys on the team had them. And so, you know, I was 19 and I thought I was cool. So I got myself a pair that were like our team's colors. We were green and gray and I got myself a pair. And I walked into breakfast uh, on the road wearing the slippers. And before I could sit down, you know, I was one of the first ones there because I, I knew I was supposed to be. And before I could sit down, one of our assistant coaches, like said, hey, Donnie, come outside. And so it pulled me out and said, hey, Donnie, like that, that's, that's not how we do things. Like you're, you're not one of the guys. Like, don't, don't get it. Don't forget it. Like you are on our side. You want to coach, you want to do this in your career. Like you can't, you can't do that. You have to be a certain level. And there was a lot more fruity language in there in the lobby of the hotel that uh, I'll, I'll keep to myself, but it helped me understand that like, I have to grow up. I can't just be a little kid and, and expect this to be something that I want to do. And we, we, you know, I, I reminded that assistant, he's an assistant still, at a high major now. And I reminded him about it a year ago and we laughed uh, about that story, but it's like, you know, my time as a manager was crucial in, in kind of shaping me, not just as a coach, but as a person and helping me grow up and, and be more accountable uh, with, for my actions and understand that like, that is what can be a separator for you. You know, if you can, you know, I joked with people, like I'm 35, I'm one of like the oldest 35 year olds in the country. Like I, I don't, I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mature. I grew up early. You know, I got married when I was young. I had kids when I was young. Like I've just, I've, I've matured at an, at an early age. And I think that really helped me grow in the business though, because I was able to kind of be seen a different, from a different light. Yeah, I can definitely, definitely relate to that. I know Corbin can as well. I do want to hear more about uh, you having to run with the team because that sounds like a good story that I, I, I like to put up. <laughs> well, there, there were certainly more than one time that it happened, uh, but I was, a uh, I, after my first year, I was, I got the clock in practice and, uh, you know, that was like a coveted spot, as you guys know, like mm -hmm. you can't be, you know, you gotta be pretty much on your stuff if you're going to be running yep. the clock. And, uh, there was an argument at the end of a drill of which team won. And, uh, they looked over at me because I was keeping the score on the board. And I said, this team won. And everybody was like, no, you're wrong. And I was like, no, no, no. And I tried to stand on it. Like, no, I am right. Like the green team won. The white team lost, like that's the score. And basically like the team revolted. And instead of putting the guys on the line, coach was like, Donnie, you know, yeah, you're on the line. You know, you messed up the score. It was supposed to be the white team, not the green team. Like, 
you know, you got it down and back. And, and the guys loved it. Like seeing it now from the coach's perspective, like it was like the guys, it didn't matter who won and lost a drill. Like they were able to get past it and get on to the next thing because of that. And, you know, I, we have never put a manager on the line since then. I don't think like in my, in one of my programs, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it was part of it, you know, and uh, again, helped me hold me accountable. I probably wasn't paying attention during the drill or, or maybe coach just wanted to, to prove a point, but uh, you know, it, uh, it definitely got my attention and helped me uh, understand, Hey, this is uh, this is important. You know, the details matter. That's fantastic. <laughs> so at each program you've been an assistant at, how have you utilized your managers? Uh, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're great for uh, everywhere I've been, you know, because they've been willing to work. You know, we've there every year, every place I've been, it's been a little different. You know, Mount St. Mary's is such a small school that, you know, we didn't have a ton of managers ever. You know, we were fighting the, you know, to, to have one or two good managers. And, you know, again, technology is, has changed a lot. But you know, one of the nice things now is like, we don't need a manager to film anymore because, you know, we've got the, the cameras in the sky. And shoot, just about everybody does now uh, where, where, you know, we don't have to always have somebody filming. And so we can have more people on the court. You guys are laughing. Do you guys still have to film practice? We do, yes. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, we don't have to film practice. Shoot, they don't have to film practice at Radford anymore either. Um, and Mount St. Mary's, they were one of the first people to get that uh, technology. You guys got to talk to your boss, man. It's not even that expensive. Yeah, we need to check uh, that out. Um, but I'll get him to sponsor the podcast. Uh, but no, we, you know, obviously, you know, being around our guys and, and helping them get better is everyone in our uh, organization's job. And so rebounding and passing and being on the floor with the guys when, when we as assistant coaches are not allowed to be is huge. Uh, you know, we certainly, that is number one, we need guys and girls that can do that, uh, as, and then, you know, trying to just let them play to their strengths. You know, we've got some managers that, you know, want to be in an office, want to help with whatever responsibilities that might be there. Well, great. You know, let's do that. You know, let's help us with paperwork. Let's help us with expense reports or, uh, whatever it might be. You know, we've got some this year, we've, for the first time, we've got a manager who, he, in high school, he did uh, edits for guys, like, and so he wanted to he wanted to keep that going in college, and so we got him to be a manager for us. And he's a local kid, so a couple of our people knew him already. And so now we're gonna have a manager that's gonna have a camera on the floor and and do edits for our guys, and you know, for us for recruiting and for them for their brands and everything. You know, everyone loves videos of themselves, so mm-hmm. you know, having somebody like that, uh, and then you know, certainly with uh, the film work that needs to get done, teaching teaching a guy or two. Uh, how to do that has always been uh, central in what we do. And just to add uh, more manpower, you know, we've, you know, as as assistants, we get busy. And if we can have somebody, uh, you know, make our scouts a little bit easier because they've gone ahead and done some of the legwork for us, or, uh, you know, when we have, you know, random ideas that come up of video that we want to watch with a guy, people who can pull the clips for us, things like that uh, is super important. And so, you know, trying to have a well-rounded group of people is super, super important. You know, if, if you have everybody who just wants to be on the floor all the time, yeah, that's really good. You need that. But, you know, we, you guys know we need people in our, in our organization, too, that are willing to do whatever, you know, that are willing to do the, the, the bottom of the totem pole things. And that's okay. And understand that, like, you know, those things need to get done. And so, 
you know, if you're willing to do them, then you're going to separate yourself a little bit because nobody wants to do them. No, you know, I, I can certainly look back fondly on cleaning up a, a dumped Gatorade cooler in the locker room at halftime of a game and not getting back out to, to the court until they're about six minutes left in the half, you know, because I had to spend the whole, you know, beginning of the second half shop vacuuming our locker room floor so that it, it didn't end up, uh, you know, sticky. Uh, you know, so you know, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to miss part of the game because they're doing that. Or, or you know, one of our managers, I, I, he was younger than me, so he got the short end of the stick. But he had to, he missed a game because he had to go pick up a kid, you know, who was coming in as a uh, for an official visit the next day. You know, so he missed the game and go pick up the kid, like, you know, things like that that you know nobody wants to do. But you know, having people on our staff who are willing to do those things is is vital, and you know, we we are super thankful for them. Yeah, you definitely definitely pay your dues earlier in your career uh, as manager and, and GA. And I want to go back to your time as GA because at VCU, a really cool moment getting to go to the Final Four. Kind of talk talk more about that and what you were able to observe from Coach Smart, um, tactics that you like, things that he did to keep the team focused and ready for the next game and uh, really prepared to get, get to the next round. Yeah, uh, you know, Coach Smart is a is a genius motivator coach, um, but he's he's amazing with people, and you know obviously that that is an unbelievable experience to go to the Final Four and uh, my first year as a GA, my first real year of coaching. Like I thought this was just like oh this is this is what you do right like you just you just get to go to the Final Four. It's it's really cool, um, but we you know he he taught me and all of us the value of being, you know, having a guy, having a group of guys that were motivated and believed in what you were doing. Cause we were not that good of a team during the year. You know, we, we had an absolutely terrible February and, you know, obviously it was a big story then, but people, you know, might, you know, the younger generation doesn't know, like right before our conference tournament, uh, coach smart, uh, literally got a, a, uh, a calendar of the month of February, like a desk calendar. So it was huge and lit it on fire and in the practice gym before practice and was like, Hey, we're turning over to the page to March. You know, yeah, we didn't have a great February, but you know, let's see what, see what we can do here. It's a, it's a new, you know, clean slate going into the conference tournament and, you know, things like that. Uh, my job that year uh, starting really starting early in the year was like, I had to do the pregame motivational video, which we did almost every game. We would show some sort of, you know, most games had a theme of some sort, and then I had to come up with some sort of creative video to fit that theme uh, to that we would show the guys like right before we went on the court. So it was like, you know, I felt it was fun. It was a little bit of pressure, but it was, it was a fun thing. And some of them got a little, you know, coaches let me go with it. And, you know, after the first couple, and so it got a little outside the box from time to time, but it was fun. Um, and then that led into the, into the tournament where we had like, my, we, we weren't even supposed to get in the tournament. Uh, we, we were the look, this was the first year they did the first four and we were the last team into the first four. So, right. you know, a lot of people didn't even think we need deserve to be in, which really helped made my job easier because there was like hours and hours of clips of people saying we didn't deserve to be in the tournament. We weren't going to win any games. You know, it was a travesty. So I just clipped all that up and it made the rest of those motivational videos were really easy uh, for the rest of the year because we had all that stuff that we could use. But, you know, he, he, he isn't, he still is and, and he is an excellent uh, motivator and figuring out how to put a chip on your shoulder, even, even if you shouldn't have one, you know, like Texas and Marquette, like how are you supposed to have a chip on your shoulder? You're supposed to be high major and all this, like, 
and he still finds a way to put it, get those guys to put a chip on their shoulder. And, and uh, that's, you know, was, was great lesson for me, uh, how much better they can perform when they believe in what you're doing. And then they got that chip on their shoulder, you know, because they feel slighted or whatever. We had a team that really bought into that. So but that was fun, obviously, tactically, you know, being with them for three years, I learned a lot about pressure defense, learned a lot about speeding the other team up. Uh, and that's some of that stuff that, you know, if I were to become a head coach today, I would probably try to recruit to. Um, and then you know, I've worked for everyone in that same coaching tree. But what's cool is that kind of every everyone has taken bits and pieces, but it's not like that's the only place they ever worked. So they take bits and pieces from them. And, you know, like I work for Coach Jones now, and he was with Coach Smart for only for two years. He was assistant for 20 years. So he's got, you know, experiences from all over the place, from working for John Beeline and Dennis Felton and, and, and you know, Coach Smart and, and how he melds all that together uh, to form how we play now. And so, you know, there's certainly things, like I said, from Coach Smart tactically that I'll use, but I'll definitely use a ton of what he taught me from a uh, leadership and a um, motivation standpoint. Yeah, so coach, you talked about looking forward to a head coaching position, and obviously, you know that's that's the goal. That's what you want to get to. Um, so, how have you kind of looked forward to being a head coach and and taking notes and thinking about your own program while also, you know, diving into the team you're at now and not looking ahead to where you lose value uh, as an assistant coach? Yeah, I think that uh, just you know, no different than when I was a young coach. Like it's. For me to be really good at my job now, it's got to take, you know, all my effort and all my energy. Mm -hmm. And if I, uh, you know, start looking ahead and doing that, you know, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to our program here. And so I try my best to not, you know, spend too much time uh, looking at, you know, hey, what's next? Certainly I'm taking notes. Certainly I'm doing my my work of how, you know, how I would want to run a program, how I want to handle a situation. Uh, whether they're mental notes or whether physical notes uh, to those things. But, you know, should I be doing more networking? Some people might say that. Should I be promoting myself more? Some people might say that. You know, I just I just don't really get down with that. Like, I, certainly networking is important. And one of the things that I always try to uh, help young people with is like, you know, I get, and you guys probably are similar, like I wish I could network with more in my position, you know, head coaches, high major head coaches, ADs, you know, people who can help me with my next job. And I kind of neglect sometimes networking with the people that are doing the same job I am. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're a manager or a GA, like those are just your friends. You know, like they're just people that are going through the same experience you're going through right now. And some of those people that I, you know, became friends with when I was really, really young in the business, the cool thing is now it's been 15, 10, 15 years like they all move at different rates. They all take different jobs. Some of them stay in coaching. Some of them don't. Some of them are high school coaches. Some of them go into administration. But be, you know, because we were friends, because we were doing a similar job, we had that shared experience, and then we've remained in touch. Now all of a sudden they're in your network. You know where you know you might not have been networking. You might have been playing against each other in a manager game. You know, <laughs> and you stay in touch. You know because you want to make sure that the post game meals are right the following year or whatever it is. And now you know, 10 years later, those people can help you, uh, whether it's getting a job or getting a player or whatever it might be, you know, and, and sometimes, I, I don't know if, I didn't, don't think I made this up, but that's like the horizontal networking, right? The networking with the people that are doing similar jobs to you are, you know, vertically, I think is the cool, you know, that's like the sexy networking, like how many 
head coaches do I know or how many ADs do I know? But, you know, the, the long-term networking is starts with the people who are doing what you're doing right now. And so, you know, I, I like to think that I did a good job and I still try to, like when I'm on the road now, again, I'm not trying to cozy up next to Calipari and see if he'll give me a job. It's like, you know, can I, you know, what, who are the other assistants that are at a similar level to me right now that five, 10 years down the road, you know, Hey, they might be able to help me, you know, cause they move at a different rate than I do, um, you know, in all directions. And so, and then certainly like for me now where I'm at in my career, I love, uh, I guess networking down and that's probably not the right way to say it, but like, that's how I look at mentoring and finding young coaches and young managers who want to learn about the business and want to get it going. Like, how can I help them? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of a full spectrum and, you know, and that, that is a selfish, a little bit of a selfish endeavor too, because you know, when we have an ops job or a video job or a GA spot open, you know, my boss doesn't know anybody, doesn't know a lot of people for those jobs. You know, he, he just, you know, he's, it's been a long time since he's had a lot of contact with young, the young guys in the business. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when I can get a mentoring opportunity to meet with somebody or find a, a young coach that I can work with, you know, now that yes, that helps him. It helps me, but it also helps our program uh, sometimes to find the people that we end up hiring. So, you know, I know you guys uh, with Grow the Game have set up that mentoring network, and I've really, you know, found it great to meet meet some young guys that are getting started in the business. And hopefully, I've helped them. You know, and and some have been a one conversation thing, and some have been a little bit more. And but you know, hopefully, it's something that continues because I really enjoy, you know, that that side of. I guess it, you know it's not really networking; it's mentoring on my end, but it's networking a lot for, for uh, for you guys. So, it's a, it's a great uh, avenue to to get to know people and, and helps helps me and helps our program a lot. Well, it's very special, and as young coaches, and you know, we greatly appreciate appreciate you and other guys that, that do that for us because it's you know we 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 don't know we don't know what we're doing. We just we <laughs> want to get into basketball, and we we're here to figure it out, and you know, we don't know what we don't know. So we gotta. I'll learn it but coach thank you so much for for joining us today uh it was a pleasure getting to talk to you and and learning from you is there any any last bits of advice you'd like to give out to young coaches or higher coaches basketball fans or anyone just listening to the podcast i mean you know the biggest thing is like you say you know understand that you don't know what you don't know and be humble enough to admit it and then you know try your best to, to learn and fill in those gaps and with with you know book learning and experiential learning and failing and then you know, certainly with people that can help you grow mentors and, and your network of people. So now I really appreciate you having me on and look forward to, uh, you know, staying in touch and getting to know each other a little bit. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you very much and best of luck to you guys this year. Thank you. Thanks. Same to you.